Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you once again for joining me for an opportunity to have an inspiring, uplifting conversation. And as always, I invite amazing people to be part of this program because this is dedicated to keeping you inspired, keeping you connected to the miraculous, unlimited self that you are. And I think that's really this journey in this lifetime is to remember who we are, why we've come here, and the gifts that we have to share with the world. So as always, this is an opportunity to keep you inspired, keep you transformed, and to understand that we have within us the abilities, the power, the wisdom, the knowledge to transform anything in our life, to learn from it, to move on, and to receive the gifts that we have come here to share with the world. So as always, I have great conversations in store for you, and today is no exception. Before we jump into this conversation and I introduce my guest, I always want to remind people that this show is archived and is easily available if you would like to own these shows. You can, oops, not sure what's going on there. But um, I just want to remind you that you can uh, go to um, my Facebook page, which is What Women Must Know, which is the name of the other program I do on Progressive Radio Network. You can opt into my website, drcherylselman.com, and all those shows that I do each week will be sent to you. Or you can go to places like Podbean or Spotify, um, every. Every every outlet that has a has a podcast will have the love code. And my other program will learn and must know as well. Okay, so enough of that. Let's just jump into um the conversation today because we're gonna be exploring how to accelerate our personal and spiritual growth and activate our hidden miraculous abilities. And my guest is Art Pfizer. Um, so a little bit about ARC. ARC has more than 30 years' experience in the study of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, science, psychic development, and energetic and spiritual healing. His diverse background brings a wealth of knowledge and experience. ARC managed a research lab in reproductive endocrinology for 11 years at the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. He also is an executive coach and works with some of the world's largest companies to develop leaders and highly collaborative and high-performing teams. Art is the creator of Energetic NLP and a gifted healer and intuitive. Energetic NLP is a powerful blend of neuro-linguistic programming, clairvoyance, transformative energy work, and spiritual principles. He created Energetic NLP to provide rapid, easy, and powerful ways for people to unleash their miraculous abilities, ways for you to let go of limiting beliefs and old energetic programming, which is no longer serving you. And um, he is able to guide you and support you to your inner wisdom and spirit and open your miraculous abilities. Wow. So we have a great conversation in store. Art, it's so good to have you on the show. Thank you for being with us, and welcome to the Love Code. Well, thank you. I'm really, really happy to be here. So you are an interesting person, Art. (laughs) I have to say you have a really interesting journey in life, 
And uh, your work sounds absolutely amazing and the experiences you've had in your life to become this vehicle of, uh, of to transmit, right? Like a vehicle of transmission of healing energies and um, healing frequencies. So I, I, I'm just really curious. I've you know, looked a little bit of your background and uh, I, I know you've traveled some interesting roads. So can you share a little bit about that journey that you've taken in this lifetime from, you know, with like managing a research lab in reproductive endocrinology at the San Francisco Medical School to, <laughs> to where you are now? <laughs> it must have been an interesting process. Uh, yes, it's definitely been an interesting process. Uh, for me, uh, ever since I was a, a really young, I was interested in two things. One is I wanted to grow up and be a scientist, and my father was one of the very early mainframe computer guys, and um, I loved science. But I also really was fascinated by the mystical, and I just knew things like ESP and uh, clairvoyance were real, and and I knew there were all these powers of the unconscious mind. I mean, that was just very real to me. And even in elementary school, I would uh, hypnotize my friends and cousins. And, uh, and in fact, my mom tells the story. She took me to the library, and I wanted to check out a book on hypnosis. But I was so young, the librarian wouldn't let me have it. So my mom checked it out for me, and, and she said the librarian gave her that, you're a terrible mother look. <laughs> um, but then... Uh, I I got stuck for a number of years, and I went into research. By the time I had gotten my degree in biology, I realized that probably wasn't really what I wanted to do, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just one of those people, like, I was interested in everything. But, you know, back years ago, you know, people thought in terms of you're going to have a career for your life, and nothing was hitting me. And I always had this belief something was just going to show up at some point. So I applied and amazingly got hired for this research job and uh, ended up uh, managing the lab a couple of years later. And I was proud of what we were doing. We were looking at how the natural cycles of progesterone and estrogen in a woman's body during pregnancy. People knew the changes that went on and the responses of different tissues in a woman's body, but they didn't know how it worked. And a lot of people now are familiar with the idea of endorphins. And that was discovered by what were called cell receptors, which has to do with epigenetics and modern terms that we weren't using back then, or at least I didn't know them. And so it was fascinating work, but you know that feeling like I just don't belong here? <laughs> and and I, I just didn't know what to do. And as the years went on, I thought, you know, well, I have this belief something's just going to show up, but you know, a year would go on, another year would go on. And at a certain point, I started doubting myself. And I went to a lecture on intuition. And it, it was, wasn't very good. And during a break, I went out in the hallway. And this was back in the days when there were flyers, pieces of paper on a bulletin board. And uh, I read one that said neuro-linguistic programming. And it literally felt like a bolt of light hit me on top of the head and went straight through my midline, through my body. And it was like, boom. And the scientist in me went, what was that? And the mystic in me went, well, that was some kind of sign. What do you think? But I, I didn't, I was kind of stunned. And I walked back into the room and they had a table. They were selling all these books on intuition. But one of them wasn't on intuition. It was on NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And I thought, okay, I can't ignore this. It's twice in a couple of minutes. 
And I bought the book, and everything in my life changed. Um, I'll make a long story short. Um, I, I was studying in Marin County, which is uh, on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. And it's the kind of the place that if you throw a rock, you'll hit a yoga teacher, a psychic, you know, a psychologist, <laughs> a naturopath. And um, so there were a lot of people who knew about energy work and psychic development, and people started teaching me things and introducing me to teachers. And I realized that with the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming, you could do miraculous change work with people, but it had its limitations. Spiritual principles, you could do miraculous work, it had its limitations. Energy work, you could do miraculous work, but it had its limitations. So I started going, well, what happens if you weave them together? And that was the birth of energetic NLP that brings together spiritual principles, transformative energy work, psychic development, clairvoyance, and um, and spiritual principles with the NLP. And that was uh, you know, our, uh, five, I think. <laughs> I, I was going to say that um, uh, I actually trained in NLP as well many, many moons oh, really? ago. But mm-hmm. um, it, it may not be a term that most people are familiar with. So, so why don't we just explain a little bit about what the what mm-hmm. NLP is through a linguistic program, and I know did you did you work with some of the founders of NLP? Yeah, I worked with all, all of the founders, uh, at least somewhat. Sander and Grindler, most people. Yeah, and uh, one of my primary mentors was Leslie Cameron Bandler, who at one point was married to Richard Bandler, and uh, but I said with Richard and John and Robert Diltz and and pretty much Stephen Conway Andreas, all the early folks. I, I was really, really lucky that way. And yeah. NLP, again, uh, if, if people haven't heard of it, they've heard of our most famous person, who's Tony Robbins. Now, he has his own way of doing, you know, rah-rah, way that he does things, which either like or you don't. But uh, his power, his ability to transform people's lives, mainly comes from his studies of NLP. And we actually, I think he started a year or two before me, did, did a little better with the marketing, I think. And, um, Um, So what's interesting about NLP is years ago, conventional therapy said you had to be in therapy for five to 12 years to make deep changes. And that was, there's an old Woody Allen movie where he's talking to the woman he's involved with and he goes, well, I've only been in therapy 12 years. (laughs) And um, (laughs) the people who started NLP went, well, there's some therapists who get miraculous rapid results with people. So what are they doing differently? So they videotaped them, and at that time, a videotape machine was like a small refrigerator and and <laughs> used linguistic techniques and all kinds of different things to study them, and that was the birth of NLP, and it, it's an amazing field. I do need to say for people, some people go, well, isn't it all about power and manipulation? Well, no more than psychology, medicine, religion, spirituality. <laughs> yeah, anything I mean, it, it's like, yes, there's people in uh, NLP that, um, like there was a guy years ago who did a lot of promoting that NLP is a way to, you know, get laid, eventually, you know. Um, and a lot of people are going, that's not really what the field's about. Um, so some people get confused about that. But NLP itself is this exquisite field, and uh, people do make miraculous changes. What it's missing in, in my sense, my belief, is the spiritual principles and the idea of, of energy work. 
So, for instance, and we'll be working with this more in just a little bit, and for people listening, there'll be an opportunity to do some really simple, really powerful energy processes in a little bit. Uh, but people assume that their thoughts are their thoughts, their emotions are their emotions. Well, we've been absorbing other people's energy since we were in the womb, you know, from our parents and other people. And even if you never knew, let's say, your father or mother, they were programmed to program their children energetically. They didn't know that, but parent, that's part of parent programming. Uh, and it's not just coming from them because it's coming from their parents and their parents and their parents. So we, we get a ton of programming, ancestral and societal and from family and from religious and spiritual groups and secular groups and scientists. And people are constantly programming one another, which, which isn't a bad thing. It's, it's just part of what human beings do. The problem is we start thinking that that that's truly ours. So I've had clients who are like in their 50s and they'll go, I'm an anxious person. I've always been an anxious person. I think it's genetic. I think it's in my DNA. And I've learned to be mindful and I can meditate, and, but I'm still an anxious person. And a lot of times then if we clear a lot of the anxiety energy under this space, they're not, they don't have anywhere near the level of anxiety they used to have because they're running other people's anxiety. As I mentioned back in the womb, we're healing our parents, you know, um, you know, because we love them and because we're aware that if the giants aren't in good shape, we're in trouble. So we absorb all kinds of energies from our parents. So if one of your parents or a sibling or, or just somebody else is around a lot, if they're really anxious, very good chance you've absorbed a lot of that energy. And because it's always been there, you think it's you. And I'll, I'll give an example of that uh, a woman called me a few months ago and uh, looked like a relationship she was in was going to break up, which didn't end up happening. And, and she goes, I'm feeling all this grief, which makes sense, but I'm so overwhelmed by it. And I don't, I don't think I should be this overwhelmed by it. You know, it was making her have problems functioning. And I looked at her energy and I went, well, 90% of the grief energy you're feeling isn't yours. It's ancestral. It's from other people. And, and I went, would it be okay if we cleared that energy out of your space? When we cleared that energy out of her space, she still felt grief, but she felt her authentic grief. And you can handle your authentic emotions. It's other people's emotional energy on top of it that we can't handle because it's not ours. We can't heal it. The best we can do is suppress it or find a way to deal with it. But the good news is you can clear those energies. And that's what we'll be doing in a little bit. Um, well, two things I, I just want to make sure we kind of address, because I, I, I'm really curious about the transmission you got from the Dalai Lama. <laughs> so, oh. We haven't heard all of your story. And oh, right. So maybe let's go back. Let's go back to that. And then I want to go back and talk about the um, energies in your space and what that, you know, how to, how to help people understand what that means. But before we go there, can we come back to the rest of your story? Because it is. So fascinating art, and 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 so much of a of an understanding of uh, the direction and the spiritual work that you are doing now. Uh, yeah. So when we last left our hero, so I, I discovered <laughs> NLP, and uh, I found out about an NLP course that was happening, and I, I was just I would read these NLP books, and it made they made sense to me. They were fascinating, but. You know, they were making all these extravagant claims, like we can clear a phobia in one session. And I'm thinking, you know, the scientist in me is going, these are pretty extreme claims. 
but everything seemed to make sense. So I, I had to find out. So there was an advanced NLP course happening, which I had no business being in, but I had to go. And I, it was like five days one month, five days the next month. And so I had to take six vacation days. It was uh, a lot of money, particularly back in, in the in the 80s. And, um, you know, anyways, it was just, there were all these reasons not to do it. And for everybody, sometimes when you're about to make a great change in your life, and I know you know this, sometimes all kinds of resistance comes up. And I'll sometimes have people go, well, I was going to take your workshop, but these problems came up, so I took that as a sign I shouldn't go. And I usually tell them, well, often that's a sign that you should go. It's <laughs> the, the resistance is, is programming that's trying to keep you from changing. So the day before I went, I, like, severely sprained my ankle. I probably broke a bone in my foot, and I had to, like, borrow crutches. <laughs> I didn't even know how to use them. They were too tall for me and everything, and I had to take buses and taxis and everything to get to the workshop. And I show up, and I'm thinking, I'm really excited about it, but I'm thinking, do I really belong here? Because there's, like, 60 people in there, therapists, there are NLP trainers, there's master practitioners in NLP there's practitioners in NLP, and there's me who knows, like, nothing. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm thinking, I, I just got to be here. And five minutes into it, they had set up rides for me every day you know, to be able to make it there. And I thought, well, this is a good start. And it just the, the five days completely blew my mind. I mean, we were doing amazing things. And I was overwhelmed and confused. And we would break into small groups and work with one another. And I was having a great time. But I through a lot of confusion and, and overwhelm. And when I came back for the second five days, people kept coming up to me. And a lot of people, like I said, were therapists and stuff. And um, they were coming up to me and going, you know that work we did last month? And I went, yes. And they go, it changed my life. And I go, really? <laughs> and uh, so I thought, well, I really love this. And apparently I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So then I went back and, and started taking the, the basic courses. And... I was very lucky because the assistants in the basic course had been assisting in the advanced course. And Leslie Cameron Bandler, who is, uh, she retired years ago, so a lot of people don't know her in the NLP field, but she was phenomenal. She was one of the top developers in NLP. And she had a research group that met every two weeks to develop new parts of NLP. And these, uh, the people that were assisting in the program, there was an opening and they said, there's this new guy, Art Geyser, and we think he should be in the group. I mean, he, he's still learning, but he has a lot of ability, and maybe it'd be good to have somebody more naive, you know, with a fresh perspective. So next thing I know, every two weeks, I, I'm working with people, and we're creating new aspects of NLP. Well, I'm still learning it, and I'm like in heaven. And people would go, well, are you um, intimidated? And I go, no. If I say something stupid, I'm the new dumb guy. If I say something intelligent, they're impressed. And, you know, it was, it was incredible, and I learned so much. And Leslie and her husband, Michael LeBeau, became my mentor. So everything was really magical. But I was also, as I said, meeting people who were introducing me to energy work and psychic development. And uh, this one woman, uh, Maria, one time she, she went, next weekend, a psychic in town, two of them, Lynn and Stacy Martin, they're really amazing. They're doing a workshop next weekend. But Wednesday night, we're having them at the house, and they're just going to do readings for people. Why don't you come? And I go, yeah, that sounds great. So I come in a little late. So Lynn, 
when it was a man, he didn't have a, a chance to know anything about me. He had his eyes closed. He hadn't heard me say anything. And we're in a circle, and people are asking him questions. And if people asked a decision question, he'd go, well, you have free will. It's not for me to tell you what to do. But if they asked another kind of question, he would say something to them. And I would look at the person, and even if it didn't sound significant to me, looking at them, I could tell, like, it just, you know, was a bullseye. You know, I could just see everybody affected. So sometimes I'm a slow study. So when it got to me, I went, well, you know, I'm studying NLP, and I love it, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Should I teach it or do one-on-one sessions? You know, I gave him a bunch of choices. And Lynn goes, well, you have free will. It's not for me to tell you what to do. And then he goes, but there's something else. And he proceeds to tell me my deepest fear that I had never, ever mentioned to anybody. And then he goes, you don't have to worry about that, and goes to the next person. And I felt like this weight lifted off of me. And so I cleared the decks and was in this workshop the next weekend. And by the end of the weekend, we were doing things that I thought I'd have to sit in a cave for 20 years before I could do them. So, uh, and then in terms of the Dalai Lama, I need to be clear. I've had two empowerments from the Dalai Lama, but it wasn't like I was in his living room. It was thousands of people each time. Um, but it, it, the Dalai Lama, when he gives talks, is... is his talks are really wonderful, but when he's doing empowerments, he has the ability to draw on these thought forms that the Tibetan Buddhists have been developing over hundreds of years. And the energy, like the first time I'm watching him, there were huge arcs of energy coming off of him. I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. You know, I'd never seen anything like it. And uh, each of these uh, empowerments was, was very, very transformative for me. One of them was on increasing my ability to heal myself and heal others, a uh, blue medicine Buddha empowerment. So, um, and, and I'll just add, I've studied with Philippine psychic healers, South American healers, Western healers. Uh, so I've, I've studied with a wide variety of people, and I take the, what I think is the best of everything I've learned and put it into energetic NLP. You know, it's almost like um, with all the experiences you've accumulated in this lifetime, um, even that term energetic NLP has limitations in people's minds, right? Just because of, I I don't know what else you'd call it. (laughs) But, um, you know, as you're talking, it's quite an amazing uh, journey that unfolded for you as you, you know, were guided to the experiences that help you develop these abilities that, existed within, but I just have to share, um, when um, when I was uh, had the opportunity to present to a first time, be the key person talking to a large group of people, you know, several mm-hmm. hundred, five hundred or so, I mean, I, I was terrified. I, I never, I had never done that before. I was terrified. It was months down the track and I was shaking in my boots. And, you know, that anxiety was so intense. And um, I did a session based on the NLP technique called Timeline Therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in one session, and, and you'll know this because you do this all the time, Art, but for me, it was incredible. In one session, it it, it was gone. It was gone. Fantastic. That anxiety was gone. I, and I've never had it since. 
And um, that just started me on a path of learning more and learning some of the advanced techniques like timeline therapy that came out of NLP and all the possibilities that you can do with it. So I, I get how you know, these tools are available for us to make rapid change. In fact, I really don't ever encourage people to get into the kind of talking therapy <laughs> that is so common. You want to work with tools that can generate profound transformation immediately mm-hmm. and not spend 12, 14, 20 years right. in therapy. You know, if you're in therapy for that long, I'd say it's really not working for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just right. making your therapist rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and there's certainly wonderful therapists out there, but they don't take 12, 13 years. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and and when I incorporated this work in my practice when I was a psychotherapist, I, I told people, if you can't get the outcomes you want within 10 visits, then you need, then I can't help you any further. You need to find mm-hmm. someone else. But generally, we, we, you know, achieve their outcomes within 10 sessions or less. Oh, yeah, that's that's beautiful. And, it, and it, it's really great. You know, occasionally I've had clients where they have to go, you know, I... I I'm going to recommend somebody else and, you know, we've gotten improvements, but we're not where you want to be yet. And so I think maybe it's time for somebody else. So, and, uh, which is, yeah. people really appreciate that. Yeah. I think that's being an in integrity, you know, you yeah. may not have that key to unlock that person's journey. Um, let's go back to the, what we were talking about previously about these, um, the, the energies that we carry in our as you were saying, our space. Um, would it be correct? I mean, if I were to kind of use the language that I use, it would be like in your energetic field, in your in your quantum field, in your morphogenic field. It's this ancestor. There's so much talk these days of ancestral DNA. That so much of what we are carrying within us is the deep, deep coding from our ancestral lineage in our DNA that is. It has become part of us now that mm-hmm. we are able to recognize and to resolve and release. So, is that does that sound like? Yeah. Well, it can, uh, it can be in the DNA. It can be in the DNA. It can also be like in your chakras and, and different parts of, you know, like say, the morphogenic field, quantum field. Um, it's interesting too because a lot of people, and I, I see it this way too, that along with the two physical strands of DNA, there's a number of energetic strands of DNA, and they're very changeable. Um, and a lot of times people say there's 16 of them. I, I can't see them clearly enough to count them, but that seems possible to me. There's a lot of them. So, but whether it's in our, and then there's the whole question, can our DNA change, which is an interesting question. But I've found that, um, uh, Again, the programming, the energy can be in the DNA, it can be in the cells, it can be in the, the various chakras. And yeah, and for people who may think there's only seven chakras, we have a lot more than seven chakras. And there's ones above your head, there's ones all over your body, every organ has a chakra. So there's a lot of places for programming to exist. They can be in the energy channels, in the various layers of the aura. They can be in other existences that are affecting this one. So there's, there's uh, a lot of places where programming can be. 
And DNA is certainly one of the big ones. So can you can you explain, can we perhaps elaborate more on this this understanding that who we are right now, how we manifest in our physical body, really what we're really holding um, frequencies and energies that go way, way back in time. You know, when I was mm-hmm. working this timeline therapy approach, it was a fascinating tool because as you, you would take per, a person back to the very first time they felt that emotion that has been causing them some mm-hmm. level of distress. And, and then you had the choice when they were in this slight, you know, kind of uh, altered state, did mm-hmm. the did it, did it begin in this lifetime? Did it begin at birth? Did it begin with Pat, with your ancestors, mm-hmm. or you know, or um, some other um, past life experience? Right. You, you had choices as you go back on these different paths, and um, you know, how, you can go back many generations and carrying this mm-hmm. unresolved trauma that is still within our energetic body on some level. That was so fascinating to, um, you know, when I was doing that work, and people got Mm -hmm. amazing results as a result. And that's what you're doing in your own way, right? Yeah, and and, uh, we'll often do uh, timelines, but do it energetically more than the standard NLP way, which is fun, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, both ways are great. Um, Yeah, and then just to complicate it a bit more, you, you know, your past lives have ancestors. <laughs> so there's a lot of ancestral programming. And, and there's That's a lot of yeah. approaches you can do, including I'll often talk to my ancestors and I'll just show them my world and kind of go, you know, thank you for the programming, but this is my world. And um, they're always like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like, thank you for the programming, but I live in a, my reality is nothing like yours was. But but and you're right. I mean, it can be it can be really primitive. It can be it doesn't have to be from a, a Earth lifetime. And, and let me just say to people who are listening, who knows what the truth is about past lives? Uh, all I know that I that I will say is for sure is that people have energy in their energy fields from other lifetimes. What that means, how it works, is an interesting philosophical question. But it's there and. I think there's a 99.999% chance anybody who's interested in your podcast, because of the subjects you do, um, is going to have a, a lot of um, energy from other lifetimes in their energy field. So, Art, can you give us a couple of examples of people that you've worked with that, um, you know, that have gotten the results based on the work you're doing? Just so people get a sense of the Amazing possibilities that exist within us and for us. Well, one, uh, so sometimes, and I want to say this very clearly, I'm not making any health claims. Um, sometimes people have miraculous healings, not all the time, sometimes. And I believe it's due to the work, and there's some evidence for that. Uh, like one man, I never met him in person. We just worked on the phone, and Remote energy work is one of my specialties in terms of what I do and teach. And, and by the way, anybody can do remote energy work, literally anybody. Um, and he had some kind of 
rare form of leukemia. And I would work on him, and the next day his tests would be different. And uh, But then what, what was interesting is he'd keep going back to old patterns. And, uh, well, I should explain a little more. So he, had, he was a doctor himself, and he cheated in medical school. He felt guilty about it. And he also didn't like the way he had to do medicine. Like he wanted to do it in a much more holistic way, but he didn't feel like economically at the time he could do this. It was back in the 80s. And he would, uh, as soon as he would get better, he'd think, well, I have to go back to my old job. And then his, his um, tests would go back to the way they were. And then I'd work on them. And, and then he'd go back, well, I have to go back to work. And I finally told him one time, I go, what about this don't you get? Your unconscious mind would rather kill you than go back there. Um, uh, but I couldn't get through. I, I was still pretty new. This was in the 80s. And I, I never could get through to him, so I referred him to other people. I'm not sure how it turned out, but literally every time I'd work with him, his tests would be different the next day. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that's typical results or people can count on it. You have worked on people, and they've had miraculous healings. I've worked on people, and they died. You know, it, it's more complicated than all that. And I, I don't believe in energetic NLP as alternative medicine. I believe it isn't complementary. Uh, like I say, I was a medical researcher. When I'm sick, I go to the doctor. A lot of my healer teachers, when they were sick, would go to the doctor. But they do other things, too, that um, that we can't say are legally proven. Um, other people, uh, a lot of people find they feel happier, more secure. When there are challenges in their life, they... they um, they approach them completely different. They feel guided and supported. There's, the Dalai Lama talks about natural suffering and unnatural suffering. And natural suffering is we're in bodies, things happen, things happen to people we care about. Unnatural suffering is the things that we uh, unconsciously or energetically create because of a karma or programming or spiritual contracts that, that don't need to have happened. And so in energetic NLP, we do a lot of work on clearing what would cause this unnatural suffering. And uh, people uh, typically report to me that, again, they're happier, they feel safer. A lot of them, uh, their work really changes for the better. Uh, in energetic NLP, I believe, we believe that um, energy work and transformation can be fun. You know, not every second, but... It, that it can be fun, that you don't, it doesn't have to be serious and hard work. So for a lot of people, they'll start my programs thinking that they have to be super serious about their spirituality, and they realize when they become playful with it, it accelerates incredibly. And, you know, and being super serious about your spirituality is certainly a legitimate path for people who want it. But to me, that's a kind of a very old age way to approach it, rather than bringing a lot of joy into it without suppressing other emotions, but having like spiritual joy as part of the fundamental foundation of your life. Um, for people that are in the helping professions, they use energetic NLP with uh, their clients and, and not just like in um, therapeutic or coaching sessions. So I have clients who are uh, consultants in business, like in Silicon Valley and other places and they'll use it to um, 
get teams to work together better, not not forcing anything. Well, I'll give you, let me, I should give an example, because everything in energetic NLP is permission-based, but it doesn't have to be conscious. You can learn how to ask their spirit, you know, do I have permission to do this? So uh, we were working with this pharmaceutical company, and they had, uh, they were reorganizing this whole division. And so, you know, they're, a lot of upset, you know, a lot of things were changing for people. So there was a big meeting and there were six of us consultants because we kept breaking into small groups. But then they one time, you know, only two of us were in front of the, the whole group. And we were having a really good meeting. And then sometime mid-afternoon, people were getting grumpy, you know, and, and the tone was changing and everything. And I, I talked to one of my colleagues and I go, what's the energy like to you now in the room? And she goes, that's really heavy and kind of irritating. And, and I went, well, let me know how it is in five minutes. So I cleared that energy out of the room, and I brought in energies of collaboration, creative problem solving, not forcing it on anybody, but just making it available. And it, my colleague came back and went, what did you do? Because the conversation completely shifted. Um, so these are – so you can use energetic energy in many, many different ways and get – but the – I think the biggest thing is that people just feel so much more empowered in their life, more joyful, more empowered, and their ability to help other people and themselves really skyrockets, and their ability to feel like they're living an authentic life really skyrockets. And I think that's what's so fascinating these days, that um, we have access to um, People like you who have developed these abilities, these gifts, these, these healing, healing potentials, but we all have it within ourselves. And mm-hmm. it, it is possible to um, get profound insights into oneself, which leads to profound changes and transformations in our lives if we are open to explore more of who we are, right, and more of the possibilities mm-hmm. that exist. That you know, we have to we have to operate with that um, curiosity, right? To explore mm-hmm. other possibilities that we are not familiar with. Maybe even we may even think they're crazy, or we may just mm-hmm. get that intuitive hit, like you did. But you know, there's a saying that has always stuck with me, and it says, "If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got." Mm-hmm. You, if you want to change, you have to do something different, right? Absolutely. Across the board, change your health, change your relationship, change your, you know, your your attitude, <laughs> change mm-hmm. your sleep patterns, and whatever it is, you have to be willing to to change, open up to to explore new ways. Oh, that that is so important, and it's like when I was first learning NLP, I was still at the university. And a woman who worked in a nearby lab had a phobia of elevators. And we worked on a 14th floor with phenomenal views. So this was a problem for her. And her boyfriend was one of the PhD uh, postdocs. They're a really nice guy. But he liked and respected me, but he just thought NLP was just, you know, he just had a belief that it couldn't be real. So uh, I'll make up a name. I'll call her Susan. Um, So one time with Susan, I went, well, I've been learning about, NLP phobia cure, and we could have lunch, and if you want, we'll try it. And, you know, I don't know if it'll work, but let's try it. And, and she goes, sure. And um, we had lunch, we had fun, and that was the end of her phobia. And 
her boyfriend would still tease me about NLP like it was so silly. And I'd go, well, how's Susan doing with the elevators? And he'd just get red-faced. And he was a really <laughs> nice guy, but in, in NLP, they, we talk about your reality strategy, and people don't like their reality strategy threatened. And in his mind, this kind of stuff couldn't be real. So even though he, he saw it in his own girlfriend, he couldn't um, process it. And and he wasn't open to working on things for himself. Not not that I was trying to get him to, but um, but this desire to not change is, is one of the most destructive desires that we have. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, um, I know you wanted to share a little process, and because we're kind of moving towards the you know towards the second half of the show, um, maybe this is a good time to do that. Yes. I think it'd be a perfect time. <laughs> so, um, let me start by saying, even on a recording, uh, if you're driving while you're listening to this, turn it off. Because I'm going to start bringing in energies, and a lot of the energies I work with are very high frequency, and they're designed to help you go inward and be in a bit of an altered state, not how you want to be when you're driving. Uh, I used to sell CDs, and I stopped because people would be listening to them in their car, and they go... Listen to me in your car. Uh, I mean, nothing ever happened, but it's like, no, no, no. Um, so a couple of things. In energetic NLP, uh, there's only a couple of things your conscious mind needs to do. One is to set an intention. The other is to give permission to receive the benefits. And people might think those automatically to go together. They don't. So you have to set an intention, give permission. 100% permission to receive the benefits and then put your miraculous self 100% in charge. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. And then the fourth aspect of it is to use your imagination. So the way to not get much out of this process is to be analyzing it while it's going on and going, is it working? Is it not working? You know, did Art say it the way I wanted him to say it? Are other people getting more? You know, all this stuff we go through. So what I highly recommend to people is while it's going on, pretend that it's working. You, you don't need to believe that it's working. Just pretend. Because when you pretend that it's working, you open up uh, portals into your unconscious mind and your spirit, and you open up all kinds of abilities. So, again, the conscious mind sets an intention. Okay. Gives permission to receive the benefits. Okay. gives permission for the miraculous self to be in charge, and then just imagine that it's working. If I, if I was working with a group of five-year-olds and I said, okay, fill the room with sparkling gold energy, I would have to put sunglasses on because they would just giggle and do it without you know, getting serious about it. Um, and then later, people can analyze what they think did or didn't happen. Now, so what we'll do is first I'll teach people how to create their miraculous self because it's not your high self. It's something you have to create. And then we'll go through a very simple process for clearing energy. Uh, and it's really simple. You can do it. Once you know how to do it, you can do it in a couple minutes. And it has profound effects on your day-to-day life, but also over time they get stronger and stronger. So to create your miraculous self, your miraculous self is formed when your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom are aligned and working together. Now, you might think that they're automatically working together. They're not. Sometimes they work together. Sometimes they don't. And 
What I'm calling your spirit, because people use the word to mean different things, is the higher frequencies of your non-physical self. So the higher frequencies of your non-physical self. And that aspect of you that I'm calling your spirit sees a lot of things as legitimate spiritual paths. So it's not your spirit loves you and cares about you, but it gives you a lot of choices. So your spirit you know, can go, you want to be super healthy? That's a valid spiritual health, a spiritual path. You want to have a big health crisis? Well, that's another valid spiritual path. Again, not because it doesn't care, but it gives us the freedom to explore. And your deep inner human wisdom is very human. And it's very practical. And it wants you to grow spiritually and have a better life, a more enjoyable life. So when your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom come together, they create something that we call your miraculous self in energetic NLP. So the first thing we'll do is create that, and it's really, really, really simple. I call a lot of what we do in energetic NLP, energetic NLP energy spa processes, energy spa. And the reason I do that is it's like you're going to get a massage at a spa. You have to set your intention you have to give somebody permission to do it, and then you have to relax and let them do it. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I'd kind of fight the massage. You know, I didn't know how to let go. Uh, so, again, it's permission. I mean, sorry, it's intention, permission to receive the benefits, permission for your miraculous self to be in charge, and then imagination. So, right now, I'd like people to imagine, if they want to, that there's a giant gold ball of energy, and we're all inside of it right now. And at the end of the process, we'll, we'll dissolve it again. And if you're listening to this as a recording, which many of you will be, if you imagine it's happening right now, you can still access the energies because the energies exist both in time and outside of linear time. So right now, just imagine we're in this giant gold ball of energy. And it's our energetic NLP energy spa space. And just declare it's a space of miracles. It's a space of effortlessness. It's a space where you feel loved and appreciated and acknowledged. It's a space where it's easy to let go of energies that aren't yours and aren't helpful. It's a space where it's easy to let go of energies that were yours, but from the past, so they don't belong in present time. Old pains and traumas and um, unpleasant emotions. So in energetic NLP, we don't talk about negative or positive energy. It's either yours or it's not. If it's not yours, it's either helpful or it's not. If it's yours, it either belongs in present time or it doesn't. And your miraculous self is going to figure all of this out. So everybody take a couple easy, deep breaths. And if you want to, and I hope you do, set your intention that your spirit and your deep inner human wisdom are right now creating your miraculous self. Set that intention. Give 100% permission for that to happen. And then just imagine it's happening. Take a couple easy, deep breaths. And what we're doing is so easy that some of you will try to make it hard. It, it really is this easy. We're tapping into your natural abilities that everybody has. 
So right now, I'd like you to imagine that you have a miraculous self, that it already exists. So now we're going to start doing a very simple, very powerful process that you'll be able to repeat on your own to clear energies in your energy field that aren't yours, aren't helpful, or they are yours, but they don't belong in present time. So give your miraculous self permission to examine your DNA, your cells, your organs, your chakras, your quantum field, morphogenic field, and just to identify any energies that it wants you to let go of right now. And we're not trying to get them all, just whatever is just right. We call it the Goldilocks principle, whatever is just right for right now. And in energetic NLP, we use a lot of symbols and metaphors because your unconscious mind and your spirit understand what they mean and find ways to do them. One of those we use a lot is the idea of a magnet. So almost everybody played with a magnet as a child. So it's wired into you that if you hold up a magnet and you hold up a pin and you let go of the pin, the magnet will pull it out. It's as simple as that. There's no effort. You just have to let go. So we're going to do four magnets in all. Imagine a magnet out in front of you, and it's going to clear from the middle of your body out through the front of your whole aura. So it's going to be working with chakras, energy channels, DNA, organs. And give your miraculous self permission to start releasing to that magnet and let the magnet do all the work, energies that aren't yours and aren't helpful, and energies that are yours but don't belong in present time. And then just pretend it's happening. I like to entertain myself. I see little clouds and squiggles and symbols going off. I don't try to figure out what they are. I just let them go off to the magnet. If they go off easily, then that's the right thing to do. Then let that magnet drop into the earth and give the earth permission to recycle that energy. So either to transmute it into pure energy and use it, or if the earth thinks it should go back to the person who originally owned it, it will send it back to them. But the earth will figure that out. So that's the first magnet. The second magnet's high above your head. And as I mentioned before, we have chakras above us too. Um, not just the crown chakra on top of your head. There's a number of chakras above that. You don't consciously need to know anything about them because your miraculous self, your spirit and wisdom, knows everything about them. So just imagine this magnet high above you, and it's clearing your energy field from your shoulders to your neck and head and going up at least nine feet, three meters above your head. And those chakras up above your head are hugely important. They set the big frameworks of your life. So just let energies that aren't yours, aren't helpful, or don't belong in present time go off to that magnet. And this includes inside of your head, your forehead, the back of your skull, the top of your head, all around your head and above your head. It includes your neck. Drop that magnet into the earth and let the earth recycle the energy. Then one of my favorites, put a magnet behind you. 
in energy literally hides behind our back, <laughs> our backside. So give permission for your miraculous self to use that magnet to release energies from the middle of your body and then back out behind you. From your cells, DNA, organs, body systems, the layers of your aura, your chakras, your energy channels. Drop that magnet into the earth and let the earth recycle the energy. And then there's a fourth and last magnet that's already in the earth. And it's going to clear from the base of your spine through and around your legs, your feet, your toes, going down at least three feet a meter below your feet because there's chakras in that space below your feet too. And just imagine energies are just gently pouring off of you into the magnet. Now, a lot of those energies had programming and beliefs in them that aren't yours. Ask your miraculous self now to create a download for you, a download of wisdom, knowledge, concepts, skills, abilities, attitudes, behaviors from your miraculous self, from your spirit and inner wisdom. And don't try to figure out what they are. Trust that your miraculous self is going to download into you what's really good for you right now. Again, knowledge, wisdom, concepts, skills, abilities, behaviors, and attitudes. So you're reprogramming your body, your cells, your chakras, your energy field for now and for your next steps in life. And whenever you clear energy... It's really, really important that you set intention around what's going to fill up, fill up that space. Because empty space gets filled up. So ask your miraculous self to fill you up with more of your authentic essence, more of your authentic essence, and with earth and universal energies that will help you now and in your next steps in life. And again, just trust that your miraculous self will figure that all out. Imagine your DNA, your cells, your organs are being filled with wonderful energy. Your body system, your chakras, the layers of your aura, your energy channel. Both in and around your body are all being filled with wonderful energies and more of your authentic essence. And now energy is going to come in to help you process and integrate what you just did. Because you'll be processing it probably for, for days, and that's a good thing. And the energy coming in is just going to help you process it 
in a more flowing, easy way. And there's something in energetic NLP we call spiritual emails. When you do a powerful energy process, your energy field is different. And in this case, it's different. It's more authentic, and it's different. And people and even pets often um, get a little confused because they know something's different, and they don't know what. It's not like different and bad, but it's just different. So we send out spiritual emails. And they're like when you send out a, a regular email when you change your email address. You just go, I'm not at that address. I'm at this new one. So give your miraculous up permission to send out spiritual emails to everybody in your life, just showing them what your energy field looks like now. And you're not looking for uh, uh, acknowledgement or agreement. You're just showing them. Include people that you haven't met yet that your spirit and soul want you to meet. Include your your pets and your plants. So they're all just getting updated on what your energy field is like now. Begin to lightly wiggle your fingers and toes and lightly move. It's even a good idea, though a lot of you won't feel like it right now, to gently stand up and stretch and move a little bit. Because when your energy field realigns, your body wants to realign in a better way. It's hard for that your body to do it if you don't move. And afterwards, uh, be sure to drink water. And again, at least lightly move and stretch a little bit or take a warm bath or shower. You can do heavy exercise if you want, if that's what you're used to. But even just lightly moving allows your body to start realigning. Okay, so let's bring in some nice... Sparkling energy, wake everybody up. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. That was wonderful. And I'm I'm just keeping an eye on the time here, so I don't want us to just oh, right. suddenly disappear. Thank you so much. That just was amazing, Art. I want, uh, because we're right at the end, I'm sure people are still coming back, but if you want to learn more about Art's work and how to contact Art or get involved or, or, or have him do some personal work with you, go to energeticnlp.com and uh, you'll learn all about his courses, his programs, his um, personal work. Because we're right at the end of the show, Art. That was just sure. wonderful. Thank you so much for that deep, profound experience. Um, I really want to just let you know how much I appreciate it. I'm sure everyone has appreciated it. And um, yeah, I mean, we've got to go because uh, yes. we've, we've well, gone through time and space. <laughs> so, I love uh, what you're doing on your show and the great people you're getting on it, so uh, I'm honored to be part of it. Thank you, and uh, thanks to everyone for being here. Bye for now. Bye.